0: they're also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw room void We're prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus welcome to the quantum podcast Here we explore how we achieve new heights in leadership, business, and our lives. I'm David Wolf, here as always with Terry Ostroviak. He is the Quantum Leap Catalyst. Terry, always good to be with you.
1: Uh, I'm thrilled to be with you this morning as well, David.
0: I hope all our listeners had a great week in their lives and their business, and uh, I'm happy you can be with us as well. Terry, we talked about um, the word catalyst in a past episode. But I think that you wanted to do a little deeper dive into the word and so much of what you do in Quantum Leap is um, about the language, about the way we express the words that lead to the actions that create success. So with that, tell us how you're thinking about approaching this, uh, I'll call it the definition of the word catalyst.
1: Certainly. I, th- and the reason that I, that I suggested that we do that today is because about two weeks ago, we, my wife and I had a, a, a visitor, in fact, a visitor and her husband come to San Diego. And uh, I talked to her about what she does. She actually lives currently in Melbourne, Australia, mm-hmm. but her husband is from, from France. And uh, she originally was an Israeli. So it's a bit of a mixture and uh, we were chatting about some of the things that she was doing. And we asked her, we said, uh, what, do, what do you do exactly? She said, well, I'm in cancer research and mainly in the area of metabolism of the body and how it functions and uh, how to reduce or eliminate cancer. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, what exactly do you have to do in that area? Can you give us some idea? And she it wasn't easy for her. I mean, English is not her home language. Yeah. And her husband, although he's French, is actually a director of a, of a, of a, of a big laboratory in uh, France. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Melbourne at the moment, but originally from France. And so he explained to me some of the things that she does. She said, essentially, and I, I'm just paraphrasing now, and I, might, I may get some of it wrong but the context of it is correct and that is she says she works with chemical processes or processes as you'd say in America and the idea behind it is is that she was able to find two chemicals or two elements in chemistry that are vital for the elimination of cancer in a particular area of the body can't remember exactly what it was. But as she was chatting, I was, of course, thinking to myself about using the word catalyst myself in my, in the context that I do in the area of coaching. And I started to smile for a moment. and She said, why are you smiling? And I said, you know, what you're saying is so relevant uh, to, to even my life. She went on to explain that in her laboratory, she and a team of people she was leading the team, actually, although she had a head above her in the, in, in the process, actually received a Nobel Prize. She didn't get the prize, and uh, the, the head of the department got the prize, but she was the one who implemented the process. Wow. And that's the key phrase over here that I'm going to be using today. Is the process. So she went through and she developed the idea. She got the insights into what was needed, worked through it for months, if not years, in order to get to that point. And then I explained to her once again how I operate, where I take one element, which is my client, mix it with another element, which is me. They get me as part of the process. We put the two elements together, and somehow or other, a third element pops out of the equation, making the equation 1 plus 1 is equal to 3 rather than 1 plus 1 is equal to 2. And essentially, that's what she said she does or has done and, and was the reason for her success and for the Nobel Prize being awarded to her, to her group I'll say group, and in fact, it was the particular head of the department that got the kudos for it. And on the one hand, she was probably disappointed that she didn't get the, the Nobel Prize herself. But then on the other hand, she was ecstatically excited about the fact that she had created the conditions that would lead to this massive breakthrough in not only removing cancer, but actually eliminating cancer from the metabolism in the particular area she was working in. Mm-hmm. I'd have to talk with her at length about that. But that was the idea behind it. And I was thinking about that in the last few days. And uh, you, everybody knows, that that knows me, knows that, I'm, uh, that I was brought up in the tennis world and uh, played a lot of tennis and played competitively, played in tournaments. And over the last few weeks, I've been watching the American, the U.S. Open, in Flushing Meadows in New York and with, with tremendous glee and enjoyment. I was watching Stan the Man, he calls himself. That's right. <laughs> win, the, w- win the singles, the men's singles. Yes. And this funny gesture that he has, which is he puts his finger up to his forehead every time he hits a good point. Right. And uh, the commentator, Tom Rinaldi, asked him, why Why do you do that? What does it show you? He said, well, first of all, that's a reminder that my coach, can't remember his first name, his, his last name is uh, Norman, has brought me to this point, that it's my team and his influence that has got me to the point where I was able to win this tournament. I mean, it was a huge breakthrough, and he's a marvellous player, and he's not necessarily the most eloquent speaker out there, but when questioned by Tom Rinaldi after the game, he said, I think Tom Rinaldi said to him, it must be very satisfying for you to be the number one tennis player in this particular tournament and to be the winner. And he said, no, that's not what drives me. I'm paraphrasing right now. He said, what really drives me is for me to be doing the very best I can do at any moment of the day when I'm, when I'm playing. He said, I'm not, I don't even begin to think about being number one or about winning the match. The only thing that I think about is this moment. How can I produce my best at this moment? And when we made a distinction previously about, about the conversation that's taking place in the stands, watching the the, the game, the, the, the audience or the spectators, yes. and then on the other hand, the journalists and the analysts that are sitting in the, in the, in the broadcast boxes, Their interpretation of what's going on is not necessarily what's going on in the mind of the player. We talked about that originally. That's right. But it was so pointedly, so succinctly brought out by Stan on uh, Sunday when he won the tournament, that very moment. And if we look at the lives of most successful uh, sports people or business people or in any any sphere – They're not concerned about whether they look good or whether they achieve the adulation. I mean, that's a bonus in the long run. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, that's not what the sustaining feeling is all about. The sustainable feeling is the feeling of having the opportunity to be able to do the very best I can at any one moment. Now, in the United States particularly, there is a there is a huge emphasis put on the subject of winning. Yes. To win is important. And it's a competitive area. In other words, if I win, then you lose. And I get this wonderful feeling of having won. But if we go back to uh, people like, for instance, Robin Williams died this year or just last year. And he was such a funny, humorous human being, uh, could draw on on talent at the drop of a hat, and appeared to have the whole world at his feet, and yet eventually he commits suicide. So with all the adulation and recognition from everybody around the world, that wasn't enough for him to to remain alive. Something must have been missing in his life. What is it? Well, the point that I'm making this morning is that having the adulation, looking good, being recognized by the outside world as being phenomenal, is not what's going on in the players' – and when I say player, I mean in every sphere – in the player's mind. It's the sense of satisfaction of being able to do the very best they can, they can do at any one moment. Exactly the same thing happens in golf or in football. Look what happened this Sunday with the, with the San Diego Chargers leading, I think, 24-3 against Kansas City and losing the match in the long run, mm-hmm. probably because they started to think about winning rather than about what is the next play that's coming up and what do I have to do to do the very best I can at this moment, and they failed to do that. So when we're talking about a quantum leap, the quantum leap is means – Not taking our eye off the ball at the moment of truth. The moment of truth was when I have to deliver. And and, 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 and one moment after another. That's all we can focus on, to be present at that moment and do the very best I'm capable of doing at this moment with no distractions. And to be able to deliver what I promised myself I would deliver at that moment And not think about standing on the podium and getting the applause from the crowd or looking better than other people. Looking better than other people doesn't give us a sense of fulfillment. The sense of fulfillment means that we have produced the very best we are capable of doing at this very moment. That is the quantum leap. So I needed to make this distinction today. And the catalyst is the person that causes that to happen. It's the process that they go through in order to be able to deliver what they promised themselves, not everybody else, what they promised themselves in the moment of truth. That's the objective behind it.
0: Uh, so fascinating, both the chemical <coughs> the chemical production, one plus one equals three, a mechanic or mechanical function of all of this, and then to humanize it or your discussion about Really understanding that, as you say in the U.S. and maybe elsewhere, the the uh, the egoic thought about how we project ourselves and the zero sum game about winning is really second or third in the hierarchy of, of success, successful and thinking pi- and
1: priorities and that, priorities. Right, right. Third in line for the for the for the in the ladder of priorities. You know, when I hear young kids, when they're asked, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I hear people saying, I want to be a film star. What kind of goal is that? How about, I want to be a brilliant actor or actress. I want to be a Meryl Streep who produces time after time successful movies because she's spectacularly good at acting. Or Tom Hanks, exactly the same thing. Absolutely. 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 It's not the glory they're going to get from it that, that drives them. It's the, the deep desire and need and the amount of practice and skill and, uh, and and talent that they put into the moment of truth every time they get in front of the cameras or on the stage, whatever it is.
0: It is all about the moment. This moment is what we have. It's all we have, really. Uh, the future is an illusion that we create. The past is a, a historical account of behaviors and situations, but this moment right now, we study that in music as well, it's really true that if you look at great achievers in humanity, they're not thinking about the winning, the egoic thought of being famous, they're thinking about the, the little incremental, the work that goes in day by day, minute by minute, moment by moment. And the rest of it is the interpretation, as you say in the tennis uh, example, the press, the crowds. For better or worse, uh, it's the collective herd mentality, observing greatness, and then bringing it down to a level that somehow they can understand or make sense out of because they're not built of real success, maybe on that level. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Know, and while you were talking, I was thinking of, as in America you say, Van Gogh. Yes, uh, then, huh. I come from. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> van Gogh never ever received the adulation and the glory that, that came after he died. Right. And never ever experienced any of that. So that wasn't the important thing for him. The important thing for him was as he sat painting, watching a beautiful scene, able to reproduce it to the very best of his ability at that moment. And maybe even that wasn't enough for him in the long run. Right. But certainly being having the adulation. Um, in fact, even there's a story about Dale Carnegie that I, that I remember hearing off the record where he said when he was much older, he said people, you know, he was really becoming very well known after he'd written How to Win Friends and Influence People mm-hmm. in the early part of last century. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said when people came up and met him uh, when he was much older, um, I don't know exactly what age particularly, but over sixty or maybe even over seventy. He said he could see the look of disappointment in people's eyes as they met him, thinking that he was going to be this spectacular idol that <laughs> that was going to whip them off their feet and, and you know and, and 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 wow them in some way. Yeah. And yet he was a very modest, quiet individual whose needs to educate or to train or to coach people successfully was his, was his deepest desire. And he could see this disappointment cross their faces as they met him because he didn't live up to their expectation of what he should look like with all the success he'd had. It's fascinating.
0: Yeah. As you study the interpretation, and I know you're fascinated with this too, the interpretation of, you know, when we talk about the tennis, the the press, thinking they know, or in this case, an image of someone who... They've constructed in their mind to be very different, whether it's physical or their presence uh, on a human level in the room. uh, It doesn't match. That's that's very interesting. You know, when you meet famous people, um, and I've had the occasion to meet, like you, uh, some famous, we'll call them movie stars, the most amazing of them, they would come to our recording studio to record lines for movies uh, in an ADR, you know, re-recording dialogue. They came to the studio, and they were so modest and so focused. The hyper-focus on getting it right was really what they were all about. It was not at all, they have no sense of themselves as famous or stars, the great ones, the great ones. Uh, And we met a few famous actors, American actors, that, well, they were famous, but not necessarily, I would say... um, Uh, Their work wasn't really what it was about, it was more that they were just famous and with them you you could see it was observable that they were more in touch with their egoic framework and how they projected themselves than they were with the work itself.
1: Yes, almost as though they were starting to believe their own publicity. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly, and, and that's the trap. That's the big trap. Oh, <laughs> when man. we get to a point where we were, when we believe we've arrived, well, and there's exactly. nothing more to do. <laughs> that's when, that's when we have the problems. Well, you might as well but die. Real, yeah, Go yes, ahead. <laughs> But the sense of excitement comes from making the moment count, and being able to do that again and again and again. And while we still have that passion or that intense desire to, to perform at our very best at that moment. Uh, that's the that's really what the sustainable quality is in human beings that makes the difference and makes our life gives our lives meaning and purpose it's not the applause from everybody out there because we know very often that the performance that we give is not really understood the way we understand it mm-hmm. we get it they don't that's the idea behind it Brilliant so stuff. when we talk about quantum leap the quantum leap is to shift our mindset To understand that we need to perform in the moment, not worry about the end result. Focusing on the end result is is definitely a formula for disaster because we're not in the moment when we start to do that
0: another great moment with Terry Terry thanks so much for the work you're doing for what you're bringing to uh, this podcast thanks to our listeners for staying with us every week please share it with your friends give us a great review on iTunes and we'll see you next week David Wolf here with Terry Ostroviak he can be reached at QLCAT.com Q-L-C-A-T by Catalyst QLCAT.com Terry we'll see you next week thanks again
1: I look forward to it. Thank you, David.
0: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?